I'm Alfonso Mendoza, host of the My Ed Tech Life podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 102 of Podcast PD, sponsored by StreamYard, we want to help the new first-year teacher. We're going to share tips and tricks for new teachers. Let's start the show. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco, Stacey Lindis, and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. What is up, Podcast PD people? It's me, Chris Nessie. I'm joined by my podcast compadres, Stacey Lindis and AJ Bianco. Wow. Back. Back. Just Back. AJ? Just AJ. Just AJ. AJ. There it goes. It's you. You're back. Me. Me. Do you want to go on more than that? And like actually like say, like, yes, I'm I'm back. I don't even know what podcast I'm doing right now. Like I was gonna talk about the Yankees, I was gonna talk about leadership. I don't know. You guys are just confused me. We haven't done this in uh in quite some time. So so here we are, back on our Sunday night rotation recording podcast PD. Look at this. Look at these smiling faces if you're watching the the live stream. Just ready to go, tan, excited for the school year to start. I wonder if it's the tannis. I bet you if we got uh, together. Well, I don't really get outside. Everybody put much. your forearm up to the screen. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> no, but it's exciting to be back after some time away. We got some familiar avatars joining us in the chat. Dave Frangiosa, Mel A. Glad you're joining us. Spread the word. Tweet about this bad boy. And, uh, you know, we're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to try and make an episode that's going to help the the new teacher and yes mel i got fancy new glasses there's a there's a story that i'll save for the end of the episode when we're in overtime but yes thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> um you may have noticed that uh we had a little bit of a different introduction because we got a sponsor everybody thank you to Streamyard. we're going to tell you a little bit more about Streamyard a little bit later in the episode so make sure you stay tuned for that but uh, real quick, before we dive into tonight's topic, summer has been going well for me. I haven't done much of anything other than swim and cut my lawn, listen to some podcasts, finish up some projects around the house. But for the most part, I lay around like Garfield, minus the lasagna. <laughs> it sounds like a very um, fulfilling summer so far, though. And we still have, what, three weeks, two weeks? I don't even know anymore. Two? I think my uh, principals or my superintendent shared out that we had four weeks before kids arrived last Thursday because we don't go back until after the first Jewish holiday. So, Same here. Yeah, it's exciting. But sounds like you've had a good summer. How about you, AJ? How's your summer going so far? Summer's been wonderful, you know, surfing around the beaches and visiting different places and, you know, doing all the things that administrators do while they're creating schedules. Oh, right. No, I'm sorry. I'm stuck behind a desk all day interacting with with uh 
only about four people that I see every day, but that's okay because so we do to get our schedule ready for the start of the year. And I'm just joking. It's actually been a great learning experience for me, but uh, had a little vacation with the family, been able to enjoy the afternoons and the pool on the weekend. So, you know, it's summer is what we do is what I signed up for. So it's all good. Modern podcasting with, with Chris every week. And that principal po- or that AP podcast that you were talking about, leadership podcast. Yeah, I love uh, I love talking leadership. We got the AP roundtable, and I'm jumping in with these wonderful gentlemen from Unlock the Middle uh, Sunday nights to uh, talk about principaling and stuff, and leading, and leading, leading. And it's learning. actually really good. I, I've tuned Ooh. in a couple times throughout the summer. You don't, don't, yeah, yeah, it is a couple of men. I, I've seen you lead the roundtable uh, a couple of times, and I sit back and, like a proud father, I say, "Wow, where did I go wrong?" No, <laughs> no, you've been doing a great job. Why does when you do take the reins? <laughs> yeah, no, you you did that tonight, and I just kind of sat here and I'm like, "All right, I'm just gonna let him go." He knows what he's doing. Very exciting. So it's very exciting, Mister Podcast. Stacey, how about you? How about you? Yeah, I don't even uh, have it's that it's uh, Mister Podcast. You don't have it? Did you clear the no. board? Board. There is no board. All right. Sorry for the dead air. I'm doing like silent celebrations over here. Um, oh, so my summer has been really busy. I have um, filled it with a lot of learning and and work in my district. I'm writing a lot of curriculum and um, I've been working with my co-teacher. I have a new co-teacher for the fall. So she and I have been getting together on some of our other PD times in person just so that we can collaborate and have um, in-person conversations, because I don't know about you guys, but, um, if you've done any PD this summer, at least in my district, it's been a mix of in-person and, and virtual and the virtual PD is just, I, I'm not digging it anymore and I'm kind of over it. And, um, I, you know, I really enjoy that side conversation where, you know, you have like that little tidbit of like, wait, how's this going to work for us? Or like, what is that going to look like? We're getting new math. We're getting new math resources, um, in addition to the curriculum that I helped write for fifth grade. So, um, just even like what those resources are going to look like, what the timing is going to look like in our inclusion classroom. That's been like some really nice conversation that we've had. So, that's been really nice. I think Chris, you mentioned that it was like sixteen days of PD on my calendar. It ended up being more than that, um, and I think I have like two, maybe three more things to do before summer's over. But um yeah, it's um I know Mel asked if, if that's enjoyable. Um the curriculum writing has been mind-blowing and very informative. And it's exactly what I needed at this point in my life to um be a better teacher. And I highly encourage anyone who um is given that opportunity or that opportunity becomes available to them go for it because I learned a lot this summer that, and, and this is what my 20, I'm entering my 20th year teaching. Um, this is the first time I've felt so grounded and rooted in, um, in the work that I've been doing. So it's been good. And then just, you know, fun times with the boys going to the beach. Um, one day when we're going to the beach tomorrow, we're going back to the same beach where Robbie dug a five foot hole. Um, I think it's a little weird, but he had a great time just digging his way in the sand because he didn't want to just sit there. He wanted to be productive. Mm. So we're going back tomorrow. It's for some more digging, I guess. Okay, I'll bite. What beach? I'm just curious. Um, that one was Island Beach State Park. He he does not like to go to Belmar with me because 
the lifeguards won't let him dig the holes that deep. <laughs> oh. He's like, no, they yell at me. They make me they make me stop at two feet. Like he was literally in the hole. He had to like dig stairs into the hole to get out because there was no way I was helping him. Yes, Stephanie, the best beaches, Island Beach State Park. And um, if you're a vaccinated individual in New Jersey, you get a free season pass for all state parks. And since it is a state park, um, we get on for free this year. So that's really nice. And this way, you know, you're going with other vaccinated people. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I want to say hello to uh, Tim Cavey, who has uh, joined the chat tonight from the West Coast of Canada. So Tim Cavey, host of Teachers on Fire. He complimented me on my frames, to which I'll say thank you, Tim. I was tired of being another bald white man with black glasses. That's kind of on top. Oh, my goodness. Um, and Stephanie Scrocky is here. She's checking in. Uh, I believe she's watching on Twitter. So that's exciting. Dan Krinas, a, a newly minted vice principal, which is very exciting. So Yay. shout out to Dan and the leader of learning. He's making moves professionally. So that's something for him. And uh, we're just excited to be back. But tonight, tonight, and in this episode, we are talking about tips and tricks for new teachers. Now, the awesome thing is, the three of us, we are not brand new teachers, and the current people watching and chatting, they are not brand new teachers. So we're going to ask you up front, after we create this episode, share this episode with the new teachers in your life. If you are in a school building, share this with them, in addition to talking with them, which is probably a tip that we have. Maybe the follow-up before we even give tips for new teachers, we should then give tips to teachers who are veterans and how they should interact with new teachers because that's not always a clean process. And uh, yeah. So, oh, and hello to Batsheva Frankel, host of the Overthrowing Education. Overthrowing Education podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you got a lot going on there. Welcoming people and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just running the whole show. It's all good. Yeah. On StreamYard. Did I mention StreamYard? StreamYard. Good people. Our new there. sponsor. StreamYard. Right there, up top. All right. AJ, why don't you get us going here and uh, help us dive into this topic of tips and tricks for new teachers? Yeah, so it's really important um, for our new teachers. So I, I, when I thought about this topic, when you, when you brought this topic to us, Chris, I'll be honest, at first I was like, new teachers. Like, okay, how, how are we going to handle new teachers? But I think it's really important that we, as you just said, as veterans, kind of welcome our new teachers in the building, whatever role that we're in, uh, finding that time that we can talk to our new teachers, get to know our new teachers uh, and, and help them as best we can. Because I think that we know when we first started for me, you know, you're alone, you're, you're all, you're all by yourself. You're trying to figure this out. You're, you're, you're grasping at straws. You're trying to keep your head, you know, above the water, however you want to say it, but you're definitely alone. And, and I think for us as veterans, as connected educators with a large PLC, um, I think it's really important that we kind of guide them in the right direction because a lot of districts, and I don't know out there who, who does what, but when I was in New York, my first five years, you know, I was supposed to have a mentor teacher my first year, right? My mentor teacher got a stipend. I know in New Jersey, you, you actually pay your mentor, but in New York, they got a specific stipend. I saw that teacher who is my mentor, maybe, maybe once every three months. And why once every three months? Because that's when we had our district-wide meeting for brand new teachers. 
and she was in my building. So she did not come to me. She did not ask me questions. She did not check in with me. She did not give me advice. She got the stipend and, and, and she did a great job. I can't even tell you what her name was. So that just goes to show what our relationship was like. So for all of us, I, I think we have to get it started with new teachers. And I think the biggest thing that we should focus on for our new teachers is the idea of management. And I think there's two ways to look at management. It's time management for our new teachers and classroom management. Because if you can't figure those out, you know, if your administration's coming in as a new teacher and you don't have that that management, then you're 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 not going to be there very long. So I think the first thing we should look at is time management and classroom management. So what say you? Let's go, Stacey. What what do you which one do you want to tackle first? Time management or classroom management? Um, both of them are really important. I- I want to say I'd rather start with classroom management because, you know, that's where your kids will will see the greatest impact and you'll see the greatest impact from your students. Um, Although time management is also critical. But I think with classroom management, one of the things that's key is getting to know your kids and getting to know what makes them tick. Right. And, um, you know, I know I've mentioned on the show that, you know, um, one of the ways that I help build relationships is to use the book, the first six weeks of school. That is a responsive classroom book where, you know, we talk about um, building those relationships with our kids, introducing the classroom setting to them, creating that safe space um, and that brave space. That's a new word that I learned this summer in some of the reading that I'm doing. Um, But that brave space where it's okay to take risks Um, But creating that environment um, together with your class so that there's some ownership and some agency. And I think when you introduce things like your classroom rules, it's always important for me to create those rules with my students. Um, In the end, we almost always develop the same three, four or five rules. You know, so it's take care of yourself, take care of the environment, take care of others, um, try your best and have fun. And we do that together by you know, talking about our our goals for the year, our academic goals, our social goals, our emotional goals. And, you know, um, academics can be anything that you can learn at school. It's not necessarily what you learn in, you know, B104 or B111 or A213, right? So, um, you know, you might learn something with the PE teacher. And um, I, I've also learned that visiting with special area teachers, music, um, PE, you can learn a lot about classroom management from those teachers because they run a very different type of classroom. And a lot of times, you know, I've gone in to see the music teacher, um, you know, hold a course lesson. And that is amazing. It's astounding because there's all these, all of these people beyond the 24 that you see every day. Um, She's managing five or six classes, sometimes more and doing it solo and like just picking up some of those clues. And as a first year teacher, I encourage new teachers to go in and just kind of look for the tips and tricks. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Hey, my kids had issues lining up. What's one way that I can make that a more seamless process? Hey, my kids like to talk when they're online or they, they got, um, you know, you know, they're having some difficulty moving through the hallways. What are some tips and tricks there? And mm-hmm. um, just observing being a silent observer is also very helpful and reflection. So Classroom management with all of those things is very helpful, at yeah. least it was for me. Right. And I think, you know, I think every level is going to be different when it comes to management. You know, you brought up a lot of ideas there that are 
super important to, to where you're at. You know, I think for a lot of management that I was part of as middle school, you know, it's like, own the classroom. Don't smile. Like, don't smile. Who are, you, who are you talking to? Don't smile. So that, that, was, that was always the management that, that I was told, which always bothered me. And to this day, like, don't smile. Don't smile until December. Like, for what? Like, it sends a wrong tone. Chris, what's the worst advice you got in, in regards to classroom management? It, it's similar to what you just said, where it's like, it, it's your classroom, your way or the highway, you know, you, you have to, uh, you know, it, you're the boss, you, you know, you have to dominate the kids, like it's, it's your space. And it sounds like, like you, and, and I think also with Stacy, that didn't sit right with me, right? When, when I think of classroom management, in addition to what Stacy said, I also think of the relationships and the rapport that you can build with your students. Now, most of my career has been spent at the middle or higher, mostly high school, right? And communicating and, uh, again, building a positive relationship with the students mm-hmm. has always been really important to me. Not because, or, actually, let me say this, early on, probably, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I wanted the kids to like me. Now I don't care. <laughs> Take me or leave me. I don't care if you like me or not, right? Because as I've matured, I know that not every student's going to like me. So that's not important, right? And I'm not going to like every kid. That, that's, human, that's human interaction, right? I'm there to teach you, right? So whether I like you or not, whether you like me or not, we've got something we need to accomplish in the classroom, okay? Um, but getting there and, you know, communicating openly and being honest with kids and treating them like human beings, that's really important and really critical. And that's one of the things that has improved as I've, gone on in my career and it's it's not something that a new teacher can instantly do on day one mm-hmm. right I, th- I think even still today in 2021 2022 the new teacher is probably going to want the kids to like them and if we can dissuade you from pretending you are in, in the grade level you're teaching that's not important right so that's my thoughts on that i like that and that's, I think that's I... the bad advice i got yeah no i, I think that's that's really true like I can't, I can't explain how much I was like, man, I really want this to go well. I want these kids to like me. I want to be the favorite teacher, but I think that was hurting my teaching because I wasn't doing a good enough job actually teaching. Uh, let's finish up with classroom management. Stacy, what's something that, that, that you would tell a new teacher now that you were not told your first year? Wow. Something I would for classroom management. I don't want to say that I knew it all, but I have to say I had a really exceptional mentor who tried to instill in me all the things that she thought were important. Right. So um, I think the thing that I would share, because I, I tried to emulate her is, you know, take what you know is going to work with you, for you or try to try some things out. And when they don't, don't be afraid to pivot. Right. So like I really wanted to be just like my mentor teacher. She was a rock star. So unlike you, AJ, I still see her to this day. We haven't seen each other in the past year or so because um, because of COVID. But prior to that, we were having we were still meeting every summer. And so I did learn a lot from her. But I, I eventually learned that I couldn't be my mentor. Right. Like I had to be me. And so trying out some of the things she was doing, if it didn't work for me the same way it worked for her, it was OK. I could do it my own way and I, and, you know, still yield the same results. And so um, don't be afraid to pivot when things don't go right or don't go the way you expect them to, because there like is no that. one right way. 
No, it's perfect. Pivot. 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 <laughs> Friends fans out there. No, that that that's great. I think it's great. Chris, do you have any other advice that you would give a new teacher besides don't try to make everybody like you? Uh I would say be 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 honest with your kids at, at any grade level and communicate with them in an age appropriate way, but be a little more transparent than you're probably taught in your teacher preparation program. Right? You know, I I would imagine that the younger learner still thinks the teacher lives in the classroom and, you know, until you're spotted in the grocery store, kids don't believe you don't leave the school. Right. Um, so, you know, let them know your, your likes, your dislikes, right? If you want them to open up with you, you've got to open up and communicate things about yourself to them. So I would advise any new teacher and any veteran teacher who is reluctant to do that to, be a little more transparent and open with the students. That, that, that's great advice, Chris, because I, I, my first day in the classroom, I'd always say to the kids, ask me anything. And I was like, make it appropriate, but ask me anything you want to. And I was open to any question. If the question was not something I felt comfortable answering, I would just say, I can't answer that one. You know, give me something different. You know, and, and I think that really opened up, as we talk about the next part here, the relationships, because without AMA with Mr. Riago, Ask me anything. That's, ask I me like anything. That. I like that. Yeah, but no, that, that that was my philosophy. Just ask me whatever you want to. I, I was an open book for one day. One day. And, I, and after that, I said, if they asked me a personal question, like during class time, that wasn't appropriate. You know? So, so that, that, that's fine. So that, that builds the relationships. And actually, I think that speaks to Mel A's point earlier in the chat. She said, I'll pull it up here. Uh, I think it's really hard to start like that, open and build relationships because uh, you will feel that you need to set ground rules and whatnot so things aren't out of control. So I, I don't think we're advocating for, you know, your classroom turns into Neverland, the Peter Pan, not the not the other one. Um, <laughs> anyway. Everybody got to hate uh, on Michael. <laughs> um, we're not advocating for, you know, no boundaries, no rules, but, you know, this has to, I think the relationship and the rapport is a part of that classroom management. You know, don't build your classroom rules where you walk in on day one and the kids come into your classroom and you've already posted the 10 don't do the followings, mm. but take the time. And I think Stacy, you've talked about this before and we've seen it in other places, build those rules and regulations and expectations as a better word, even with your students. So they take ownership of the learning space. So Yeah. Yeah. You know, Chris, you just hit on that. And that's really important too. I think if you're talking to new teachers, make sure they don't have the don't do list. You know, I, I think that's something that needs to change in classrooms. It goes back to that restorative practice piece. It's not don't do. It's in this classroom, in this school, we do. Or we can. Or we can. I like that. Yeah. Get rid of the don'ts. I, I can't, I can't explain like my list in my first couple of years, like don't be late. Don't chew gum. Like, <laughs> like, Really? Like I look at it now. Like I, I wanted to punch myself in the face my first couple of years. I was awful. Oh, my, my, my early high, high school syllabus syllabi would have like bold and underlined. You mm -hmm. will not. And it was like, you will not, you will not, you will not. And right. Man. Don't show up late to my class. <laughs> oh my, my and, class. And, that... and then what? <laughs> then what are you going to do? Because <laughs> the kids still showed up late. <laughs> well, and part of the classroom management piece to that too is like logical consequences for like those infractions that are going to come up. Right. So like, 
what if happens you chew gum in the fifth grade you will not graduate high school right so like just you know making sure that your consequences are logical and meaningful and i always try to like invite kid input in what they think their consequence should be Right. But I'm telling you, if you're an educator at the elementary level, pretty much until middle school, the first six weeks of school is definitely something that I think you'll get something useful out of. I don't know. It's it's something I go back to every year. Don't 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 just start with curriculum. How about that? Oh, no. But that's, <laughs> that's the first week. More important, about. more important than ever as we start the new school year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm just going to throw in I'm going to throw in here that I'm looking forward to teaching my brand new students how to go to school because the ninth graders I'll be teaching this year, a far majority of them will not have attended physical school since they were in the seventh grade. Yeah. How to make it through a full day. Chris, my kids haven't attended physical school since they were seven. Ow. Right. I mean, they'll only be like 10 and 11, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of crazy, The other management, as AJ alluded to, is time management, right? And I'll go so far as to say that time management, I think, can be broken into two pieces. The first would be time management in your classroom, right? And your own actual time management of, like, your life. Now that you are a teacher, you're in that full-time job, um, and we got a lot of people who chimed in on social media that we're going to get to. So we've got a lot of time management tips. So I I will just start off by saying that time is going by by the minute and the second, right? And when it comes to time management for the actual teaching and instruction, tomorrow we'll get here. You know, if you plan something that's supposed to be, you know, 45 minutes and you don't finish it, it's not the end of the world, right? Because if we're going to use Stacy's great word of pivot, you never know when those interesting moments are going to happen in your classroom, teachable moments, downright distractions that can happen. So there are going to be things that you could write the most perfect. Your professor in college would have given you a hundred on your lesson plan plan and welcome to the real world where you could almost two or three times a week, just toss your lesson plan out the window because something's going to happen. Kids going to be absent announcements fire drills, right? So there's all sorts of distractions that are going to pull at your time. And you're going to very quickly learn that time is almost non-existent in a school as a teacher, even though you've got a bell or you've got your schedule, you know, time is precious and you've got to be flexible with your time. I like Stephanie's advice, make the plan, execute the plan, throw the plan away. That's pretty much it, right? Like it's, it's make the plan. Um, But when you talk about, so Chris, you're talking about time management in the classroom and then like time management in your personal life, like what would be your, um, your number one thing in each of those areas to, to focus on? I would say when it comes to the teaching part of time management, make effective use of your time while you are in school, whether you have your planning period, your prep period. You know, if you're elementary and your students go to their specials, right, and you've got that time, make use of that time for grading and planning and tweaking and reflecting, right? Use the time in school for school as best you can, right? Um, Because that will have a direct impact on your time outside of school, where if we're going to talk about work-life balance and 
you know, not feeling overwhelmed on the weekends or after school or, you know, staying at school until seven, eight o'clock at night. The folks that do that, I do not know why. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's ineffective time management uh, to some degree. You know, if you're not taking your work home with you, but you're not getting home till 10 o'clock at night, that's a problem. You're not really that effective. Um, so use your time wisely in school so you can make effective use of your time outside of school. And by that, I mean, if you're going to create that work-life balance, try to leave school at school, you know, again, that that's going to be challenging because, you know, if you're doing this all for the first time, you're doing it for the first time, right? When I walk into my classroom as a, where I'm going to be, you know, 10 years this year, I kind of know what my year looks like, you know, what I want to cover first, my first unit. And yeah, I'm not repeating the same, you know, lessons because, you know, doing the projects and stuff, I'm trying to keep it innovative and fresh for myself. Right. But for the most part, I know what I'm going to do. If you're fresh out of college, you know, it's overwhelming because it's all new. You don't, you don't have the resources, you know, and, and we've got tips and advice for that. So yeah, I'll be quiet. AJ, Stacey, what do you got? I was talking to my sister today. One of the things she said for, for management, for like personal management, I guess it's going to fall under time management. You know, she said uh, one of the tips that she always got was only touch a piece of paper once. So whether it's coming from your mailbox or coming from a student, take care of it then and there. Don't let it pile up. Don't put it down. And uh, that, that that's definitely something that I don't do. Is There's I an acronym it. for that. It's Ohio. Only handle it once. Ohio? Ohio. Only handle it once. Here's a, I like it. I never heard that before. When she said when she said that to me, I was like, I've never I've never heard that tip before in any way whatsoever. So, cool. Ohio. Yeah. My initial thought um, was, what's paper? Ah, you're good. Uh, yeah. Welcome to elementary, Chris. You kids don't have paper. No. Yeah. Um. So my my piece of advice, and I say this to myself even as I enter my twentieth year, is um like Chris, what you said about leaving some of the work at school. Um, is to not take home the things that I know I'm never going to get to. I have a habit of like just loading it all in my bag. I bring it in the house. I mm-hmm. put it in the same spot every day. And every morning I pick it up and it goes back outside with me. And it, I don't even touch it. I don't look at it. And I need to get better at knowing like that I'm at setting my boundaries and then actually adhering to those boundaries. So like my boundary is like tonight, I'm just going to sit and veg or tonight I'm going to look at digital things or tonight I'm going to read or tonight I'm lesson planning. I don't need to go home with all of the student work unless I need student information to inform my lesson, which like you're saying, if I do that during my prep, then I don't need to go home with that stuff. I don't need to look at my computer. Um, So just kind of, um, taking care of that boundary and not bringing home the teacher bag that just never gets touched. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I would say for time management, um, and AJ, this kind of goes with what your sister was telling you with, with like only touch a piece of paper once. Resetting your space is real is a really effective way to end your day, so that when you go in in the morning, your desk is already clear and your things are already set up, so that. You know, like if you have like your math things out where they need to be and your science is set up the way it needs to be and you're set up for social studies and reading and writing, um, that reset is just a really great way to go in and it's like, okay, this is what I set up for today. And now here are just like the last two or three things I need to do so that your entire morning isn't like a cluster of activity to get yourself ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say that as a person who gets to school an hour and a half before I'm supposed to report and yeah. 
Don't make faces at me. I make a face at you. I I wish I could get there that early these days. You know what it is? It's uh, I'm no longer beholden to my kid's schedule in the morning. I'm not dropping anyone off at the before school program. I don't have to make sure anyone's getting on a bus. Like they're old enough where they can get themselves on the bus. Next this year, they're both getting on the same bus, so that will also be its own like little bit of like ah, sigh of relief because they're both going to the same school. Um, it's the first time, guys, in like four years. So that's exciting for me. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that's part of your management now. You have a different way you can handle your mornings. Yeah. And so it's it's made it a lot easier. So. All right. So what's what's one tip that, well, well I'm going to let me ask the same question I asked before. What's one tip about management or time management that you would give a new teacher right now that, that you were not told or that you would kind of change completely? I'm going to stick you, with my teacher bag thing. Okay. Cause I'm still working on that one. And I'm going to say like all of these tips and tricks, like here, the, oh, here's a tip, right? Like time management, you're going to hear it now and it may not click right now. Listen to this episode again next year when you're still relatively new or listen to it again in December when you're, or after the, like the winter break and just kind of do a reset. Like, okay. Cause you're ready for new information at different points. And like, like all of this is going to hit you at once as well as like all of the things that you need to do as a teacher and just, Know that when you're ready, the information will break through whatever kind of um, gobbledygook that it's suffering from. Chris, same my tip you. would be my my tip would be with with time management with regards to this is don't be afraid to leave something to tomorrow. There is not much on any teacher's plate that is so urgent and so important that it must be done today. There's not much. Okay, so. Don't be afraid to leave it till tomorrow. Leave it till Monday if it's a Friday. It, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. What about you, AJ? For time management? Mm-hmm. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> Look, I'm awful with time management. Uh, everything you guys are saying here are things that I am awful at. My bag is full every day. I Mine bring too. It home. I'm saying it for me. No, right, right. I bring it home and I say... I'm going to do this when I get home because I don't want to stay in the office anymore. It's almost four o'clock. I'd like to go home and play with the kids. Do I do it when I go home? No, I, I, I have not. This has been a very rough summer that I think everything is kind of caught up to me that like I've worked so much at home that now when I get home, I just want to be home. If that makes any sense. Um, so my bag is full and it keeps going back and forth every single day. Right. Um, with lesson planning. Again, that was something I was like, I'll do it when I get home. I can do it while I watch a TV show, you know, and I'm doing this and that and the other thing, or I'll save my lesson planning for Sunday when I'm watching football. And that was always the thing that I would do. You know, if I just spent more time during my prep period at school, my lunch period, whatever the case may be, then I would have had better time management to get things done. If I was doing my grading or, or creating projects during that time, that would have been, that would have been, uh, really, really helpful. Um, so for time management, if I was giving a new teacher, advice use your time wisely <laughs> right i guess that would be the only thing i could say because you know i look at time and it's already the middle of august and i'm like oh oh i forgot to do or i haven't done or i'm not at the point where i'm ready to do so many things so yeah i'm with you i always and that's like that's another time management trick right like you have your list of like 20 things rip that in half and then yeah. rip it in half again and focus on that top right yeah. and um 
maybe that's something that that I would that I would offer for time management is really like something I didn't do that I'm starting to do more of is find a better planner or use your phone Gmail reminders better. You know, and I know that's just if Tim Kv is still listening. Tim Kv has been big on using the tasks in Gmail better, and that's something that I would like to do as well because the way they can set up and pop on your phone or pop on your watch while you're, you're out in the building, you know that that's a that's a big piece of like management. Um, getting a planner that that you can set your goals better and breaking your goals down to like A, B, C, and D. Um, you know, putting your priorities in order. Maybe that's really that. You know what? That's my tip for for new teachers. Set up a, set up a task list, A, B, C, and D. Put them in priority priority order from A, B, C, and D. That you're going to tackle this during this time. That it's not something you have to do now. It's not urgent. You know, here's your important. Here's your less important. You know, I've stopped listening to the five A miracle, but I know that Jeff Sanders used to talk about productivity in that way and creating like. The, he would call them F-bots, those focus blocks of time mm-hmm. where you would do certain things. Or And he also, I know, spoke very highly of like that quadrant system where it's like pressing tasks and then like, I don't yeah, remember co- all Covey, four. Covey's, had, Covey's that's quadrant. what it is, yep. right. So Stephen Covey. Yep. And so like working in that area and I would highly re- recommend taking a look at that if you are struggling with those priorities and building that... Um, building a system for yourself to kind of prioritize the task list that you that you create for yourself. There's a lot of chatter going on in our chat about whether or not we should have email on our phones. And I know that this can be a significant time suck. And I also know that it can um, be a boundary that some teachers set for themselves. So I'm just wondering, guys, where do you fall in that category? Like, are you anti-email on your phone? Or are you anti um, email after a certain hour. What does that look like for you? How do you handle your email? So, so my philosophy is emails on my phone, right? Even as a teacher, not, so it's not just my role right now. Even as a teacher, if I got an email, I wanted to know about it before I came into the building the next day. So I would check my email at all times. I didn't care when the email was there. And I still do the same thing because if a parent has a concern right now, if a teacher needs me at a certain time of the day, I'm working on the building, I don't have my computer with me, I have to have the email at my fingertips, it's on my watch, it's on my phone. I need to know that that my email is available to me. So my email is open to me 24 hours a day, okay? Like even with the iPhone having the ability to mute different applications at a certain time, the email is not something I mute from my district email account. From a personal email, I'm not going to answer that. But my rule is I will not send an email to my staff after five o'clock. You know, they're they're home. They're done for the day. If I need something that badly, I'll find a way to get in touch with them. But I will not email until uh, after five o'clock until 730 the next morning. So if I have an email that needs to get out first thing, I'll type it up. I'll schedule it in Gmail to go out at 730 in the morning. Yeah. So AJ, I'm with you. I have email on my phone for the very reason that you do. I don't like surprises. I don't want to walk in, start at my computer at 7.15, 7.30 in the morning and then see that like a kid's having a meltdown. Like I want to be able to brainstorm that the night before if that's when I receive the email. And I want to be able to reach out to admin because our admin's awesome. And, you know, we have their phone numbers so I can text any of the three of them and say like, hey, this is going on. 
don't need an answer now, but maybe we need to like have something in place for whatever, or, mm-hmm. you know, just even like the, just the ability to have that side conversation with my co-teacher last year. And again, for this year, um, to create that plan ahead of time so that it's not, you know, we walk in, our kids come at 840 and like, you know, we haven't been able to have that conversation. At least we can start some text conversation or whatever, or you can just choose to ignore it. I will say I very rarely respond to anything unless it looks like it's like, like critical. Um, if a parent emails me about homework or emails me about yada, 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 it is one of the first things I do. Mm-hmm. And then that's part of how I prioritize my task list in the morning. And then I know, oh, I have to reach out to, you know, to to um, Caitlin's mom or dad because they sent me an email about about snack or they sent me an email about, or I have to reach out to Miles's dad because he has a concern about bullying. But then I can already like I'm already thinking like, all right. I'm reaching out to those parents. I also need to inform my admin about the bullying and I need to get the school counselor involved because Mm -hmm. then all of those pieces are in place first thing in the morning. And I will send that email out at night to those people, not to the parents. That's the, that's the boundary I have. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with kids. I will not email them. And I, I tell them, I was like, guys, you need a quick answer. Don't send it to me after three 30 because you're not getting one. And you know, we're done at three 30. So hopefully you ask all your questions right away. Makes sense. What about you, Chris? I agree with some of your reasons, both of you. Uh, I do not have my school email on my phone um, because most days my computer here at home in the evenings, I'm on it, right? So I will check my email in the evening as late as 10, 30, 11, again, because I don't like surprises either. Um, but as far as having it with me on the go, I know Tim Cavey, mentioned that you know he can save time online at the food store you know check an email sorry i don't want to be bothered with my school email while i'm at a food store right so but that that's where i will draw the line i will check my email outside of work time but it's on my home computer so i'm not always like i don't i'm not checking school email on the weekend on my phone when i'm on the go right but i'll check it on over the weekend when i'm sitting at my computer so that's right. So all those same reasons of why I would check it after school time, uh, I agree with. Just having it with me all the time, that's where I personally draw a line. And I think that's why I have the notifications on, because then I don't have to go into it and actually like read it. I can see I got an email from, you know, X company trying to sell me something versus I got an email from parent uh, parent X who needs me. That's a different story. Then I can tell mm-hmm. you, all right, this is nothing. Swipe that away. You know, instead of digging in and kind of spending time reading emails, I look first, then dig in if I need to. Yeah, agreed. All right. I do like well, your um, your boundary, AJ, that you have set up that you're not sending your staff email after five. Um, I, I think it's just fair. It's just appreciated. It sends a message that, like, I respect your time at home. Yeah, when you're home, you're home. I would. I, I mean, I'm going to say it like this, and I don't mean it like this, but when I'm home, I want to be home. But I'm in a different position that when I'm home, I still have to be on in case of emergency. Right. But you're also setting up an expectation for teachers that they can turn off, yeah. right? That they have permission. And I, I feel that um, when everybody became one-to-one and communication with students became mm. so immediate and instantaneous, teachers didn't know that they had 
the ability to say no. Absolutely. And there definitely, in some cases, wasn't um, permission from admin, right? Or even from themselves to say, like, I can turn this off, right? Like, and setting up those boundaries for your staff sends a message that you too can send these set these boundaries up for your student. Like after 4.30, after whatever given time it's going to be, I will not communicate with you. So start your homework early, do what you need to do. And just know that like by the time I leave school at 4.30, then you, your stuff all needs to start being handled or we'll have a conversation when you arrive at school at 8.40 in the morning. Now I did set up boundaries with my students over the last year. Again, working with high school students, ninth graders, I told them, I said, you could email me anytime because, you know, you you live your life. You're on one time schedule. I'm on another. I said, but just know this while you could email me at 1130 midnight. That's fine. I said, I'm probably not going to get to it till I get to school. I'm sleeping, you know, so I let them know. Yeah, you can reach out to me. You voice your concerns, ask your questions. You know, you can all you can send an email anytime you want. But I said. Now, this is, these are the time periods where I am more likely to see it and be able to respond to you as quick as you might need me to respond. So it got to a point with some students where I would have to tell them, you know, I got your email with your concern, but you were working on blank and blank assignment and you emailed me at one o'clock in the morning. Ah, sorry, I, I didn't see the email, you know, that kind of stuff. So it, it all depends. And again, you know, being elementary or, you know, being the administrator, you know, we, we all have different scenarios. It's just a matter of, you know, if you're the new teacher, try it. Try putting an email on your phone. See how it goes. Try it without. See how it goes. You know, but I think there's enough in here that we said where you can kind of pick and choose and see what's going to work for you. Because I mean, everything we've said and will say, it's not set in stone as you must do exactly what Chris, AJ, and Stacy are, are sharing. Pick and choose. Try. You know, I think the most important thing you said there was the boundaries. You know, just letting it be known that, you know, I'm, my job is, I shouldn't say job. My time in school is done at four o'clock. After four o'clock, I will check my email sporadically. So don't expect me to get right back to you. I think I think that's what you have to say. And 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 if you use a contract in your classroom, I know it's very middle school that I say that or very elementary school that you say bring in the contracts, but that that you put it in there, plain and simple. Here's my expectations. Here are my boundaries. Here's when you can expect to hear from me. All right. So we've been having a. Fantastic conversation as we come up on the almost out mark. We're 50 minutes into this episode, and there are a number of topics that we have kind of lined up that again deal further with relationships with colleagues, relationships with admin, your students, your parents, uh, your key building personnel, custodians, secretaries, etc. Uh, that, that those support staff that are also important to how a school operates, and we don't want to short those topics so uh, behind the scenes a little bit about how we make the sausage here on podcast bd we are going to push those into our next episode so we can devote almost as equal the amount of time so we can do those topics justice and still provide you the tips but before we go today we are going to share some feedback we got via social media from listeners like you who answered the call and uh, either sent us a voicemail or shared uh, on Twitter. So we want to share some tips in this episode, and we will also share more tips from you in the next episode. Uh, but first, as we said, we have a, a new sponsor here on the show, and that is StreamYard. And StreamYard 
is a live streaming studio in your browser. It's how we produce the very show you are listening to or watching live right now. And we've been using it for over a year right here on Podcast PD. StreamYard lets you interview guests. You can take calls. That's right. Podcastp.com slash join. You could join the show and come on with us. Um, it allows you to brand your live stream. So if all the graphics you see, we made, and they are on the screen. It looks pretty. Um, and with StreamYard, you can directly live stream to multiple platforms. So we are simulcasting to YouTube and Twitter and Twitch. And you can also stream to Facebook and LinkedIn and, and a bunch of other places. All right. So if you want to learn more about live streaming and doing something like this, but maybe at even a higher quality than what we do, go to podcastpd.com slash StreamYard. And thank you to StreamYard for sponsoring Podcast PD. Thanks, StreamYard. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Stacy. it looks like you highlighted some of our social media feedback. So thank you for that. And uh, why, why don't you share some? AJ, uh, you got the show notes up. We'll, we'll bounce around. We'll, we'll, we'll share the highlighted items. So these are tips and tricks for new teachers via social media. Yeah, so I wanted to stick with the ideas that kind of fit with what we talked about tonight, whether it be classroom management or time management, finding your mentor, setting those boundaries and creating um, a work-life balance. So we'll start with Sean Scanlon. He is a holo nerd. And he says, uh, don't hesitate to ask questions from veteran teachers and don't try to do too much. You can't do everything the first year. And my good friend, Jessica Verall, at Jessica Verall, she um, echoes that sentiment and says, don't hesitate to ask questions or to ask someone to teach you to do or use something that can really benefit your students. Also, don't be afraid to share your own ideas. And I know as a new teacher, I, even as a, fifth or sixth year teacher, I was not sharing out my ideas because I never felt that they had value. And I think that once I learned to get over that a little bit and share, you know, share small, um, that was very helpful for me. So thank you to Sean and Jessica for sharing. AJ, you want to read the next two? Sure. Next two. Very simple here. Dr. Kim Ramadan at Kim Ramadan. Find positive educators to be your people. Practice self-care. Ask for help. So I think that the theme here is to ask for help and find find your PLN, right? I think that's a that's a big one. Uh, we have Ruth Reap Replogle at at Ruth Replogle. We'll put her name in the show notes. Has a couple here. So number one, find a mentor. If your school is not assigned one, find somebody who will answer your questions, show you where to get supplies, and navigate the school's culture. Number two, get plenty of sleep. You can't get too much. I disagree. Sleep's overrated. <laughs> Wait, Sleep can I jump day. into that mentor thing that if your school doesn't assign one, find someone who will answer your questions and help you around school? That's key. You know, I've worked in three different school districts and I've been, even in my own, in my current district, um, I've been in, in multiple buildings and it's nice to have someone to kind of show you the ropes of just that building or just that district, even if it is not your first year, first year. Um, when I re-entered the classroom in year, I think it was 18 of my career, it felt like I was a brand new teacher all over again. And I'll never forget the two beautiful young ladies who came up to me and introduced themselves. And like, they're two of my very best friends at school. 
and it's been really lovely working and growing with them. Um, and they kind of like showed me the ropes of my current building and I will be eternally grateful. I dig it. Agreed. Uh, next up, we got feedback from uh, Shana Martin at S Martin W I on Twitter. She says, be yourself. Kids can see right through you. If you are not genuine. Yes. Kids are not stupid. <laughs> um, Refrans Davis at Refrans Davis on Twitter says, quote, it's okay to put your own mental health first. I'm going to repeat that. This is Chris repeating that. It's okay to put your own mental health first. It's okay to prioritize yourself once you leave that campus. In other words, don't take your work home with you. Don't have that teacher bag. Yes. Teacher right. bags brought to you by Stacy. <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> um, till Tim Belmont um, at TB, oh, I'm sorry, at T Belmont EDU says, go easy on yourself. It's not going to be perfect. And don't be afraid to ask for help or advice. And he adds on, keep your life outside of school a priority. And, you know, um, it's nice seeing that so many of our listening audience, our live listening audience has an outside life. Like I love the tour of Canada that Tim Cavey has been giving us this entire summer and, and does all year long. Like I just want to go into that very blue water. Um, I'm excited that Canada has opened the borders to us. Um, so I think that's right. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, my next, I, I was going to say, I was going to say, Thanks, Tim. Your tour videos are so good. I don't have to go to Canada. <laughs> no, I want to go paddleboarding and I want to go hiking and I want to just see all the things that Tim gets to see firsthand because he does make it look pretty freaking awesome. And then um, Ryan Gutch at BB uh, BBT Trivia says, try your best to separate work and home. Leave school mail off your phone. So there's another vote for not having your school mail on your phone. Um, I think you've heard many different arguments tonight, and you're adults. You get to manage children. You can manage your own phone however you want, but just know that there are definitely both sides of a very good argument there. So we got some more here. Dan Whalen at, at Whalen. Uh, check the show notes again. Uh, a couple more tips here. One Take care of yourself, sleep, hydrate, eat as best as you can. Be kind to yourself is number two. Be kind to yourself. You don't follow rule number one. Three hours, three hours of sleep and a piece of cake from the lounge for lunch will happen. Just reset tomorrow. I don't, I don't, okay. He's talking about consistency. So if you're not going to follow rule number one. I don't know where you get a piece of cake from. Oh, your yeah, lounge doesn't I'm, have that kind of stuff? No, nobody's lounge has that stuff right now. Uh, number three, smile and have fun <laughs> with your kids. The rest will come with time. Uh, another one here from Cindy uh, Asini at Cindy Asini. You can be effective while having work-life boundaries. A lot of work-life boundaries here. That's amazing. Lean on colleagues. Prioritize uh, more work. The expense of healthy habits is not better. Part of our job is teaching, leading through example, but being a healthy whole human. Nurture yourself physically, emotionally, socially, financially, and spiritually. In addition to doing what you enjoy, self-care looks like setting boundaries getting a financial planner and eating nourishing food. A lot of self-care. I'm just, uh, okay. Tips I would not have important? gotten my first year. Never would have gotten these tips. Do I think self-care is important? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the uncommitted endorsement from AJ. There you go. 
All right, we got two more. Next up, Rich Chiz, former guest of this very podcast. He is at R.A. Chiz on Twitter, and he says, find the person that will support you, motivate you, help you through year one. It may not be your grade level or department colleagues or even someone in your own school. Don't be afraid to connect with others outside your school. And always take charge of your own PD. Of course, Rich is going to say that. Thank you, Rich. And uh, he has also shared a resource with us, 12 Days of Secret Sauce Tips, which we will include in our show notes. Yeah, there are a bunch of really cool graphics. Slash 102. Sorry. He's, yeah, he shared a bunch of um, really cool graphics that I guess he did during the 12 Days of Secret Sauce, um, which is his most recent book. Nice. You want to read that and, last uh, one, Chris? The last one we got uh, that we're going to share today is from Una Abrams. She is at Unziella on Twitter, and she says... Don't be like I was in 1996. Smile every day and often. So that and she is also circle. a former host or a former guest. Sorry, former guest on the yes. show. She yes. talked to us about Nerd Camp when we That's had right. those types of events. Yes, and those events will return the world again as long as you put your freaking mask on. Things will get better. Just going to throw it out there. Um, we've got some audio feedback and we've got some additional tweets that we will include in our next episode. So. Share this episode, episode 103, with a new teacher in your life, and uh, life will be good. This is a fun conversation. This was good, and I'm glad we're breaking it up because I do feel like, um, you know, all new teachers are new teachers for 180 days, and sometimes year two still feels like you're a new teacher, and sometimes year 18 feels like you're a new teacher. So it's all, it's all there. It's all good. It's all quality, and... We, we're here to bring you a quality show. So we don't want to skip over and skimp on some of the other ideas that we had to share with you. So we'll be sharing soon. And speaking of not skimping, we do have our what we're listening to. And AJ is going to be sharing a podcast recommendation with you. So we're going to include that. Uh, but first, if you get value from our conversations, you could become an executive producer of Podcast PD. You can show your support on a monthly or a yearly basis. And if you go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer, you can become a producer of the show. And all executive producers will get a special Podcast PD sticker that you can prominently dis display on any surface that accepts stickers. And if you support us for a year, we will send you a fancy mug and a very nice t-shirt. So... If you want to support the show, that's one way you can do it. Go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer. Thank you to Mike Brilla, Stephanie Scrocky, and Sandy Hartman, our current EPs. AJ, mm -hmm. what have you been listening to? All right, so I got two. <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm going to give both podcasts here. That's okay. Okay. Two. All right. Two. I'm giving two. So you talk about self-care. This is my self-care. Okay. And, and I put it in quotes because these are things that I do when I'm not working. And sometimes things I do when I am working. So it's not really self-care. It's just what I like to do. Um, the two podcasts I am listening to that you should get down with. First of all, they're Spotify originals. So you have to listen to them through Spotify. Sorry. Okay. The first one is called The Rewatchables. And if you are a movie person, this podcast goes through a variety of movies that I'm sure you have seen. So this is from the Ringer Podcast Network, and it's from Bill Simmons, who is um, a sports reporter. I don't know how you want to call him, but 
Anyway, he brings on people he talks about from the Ringer universe and he discusses movies that we can't stop watching. And I'm telling you, a lot of the movies that you'll sit there, you're like, yes, I, I, I remember this one. I love it. And then you're going to sit and listen to it and get other people's point of views. And you're going to want to watch it again. So I was doing a long today and I was listening to the rewatchables episode on the movie Speed. So Ooh, good. Movie. Yeah. And I, he's got a lot of good movies on there. A lot of ones that like I've been kind of digging into a bunch of episodes of movies that I know that I can close my eyes and know exactly the scene. Like he did a coming to America and I was quoting the movie before he was quoting it. So I know the two of you have never seen coming to America. No, I watched it. I watched it. Sure you did. Sure you did. No, I so, did. I did. Okay. All right. Well, coming to America is one of my favorite movies. So watch coming to America, listen to the rewatchables about coming to America and you'll laugh like crazy. So there's that one. Well, there's other, some doubtfire on here. And that was actually a really good episode. So a lot of what he does, he kind of goes through. It's like in the cast. So they do this, this thing called half-assed internet research where he kind of looks at like facts and he finds people who like turn down podcast. the, yeah, he turns people who turned on the movies. So he was like, how about if it was recast with this person instead of Robin Williams? And it's, it's really, it's good. People he has on there. It's funny, a little vulgar. So keep it away from the kids. If you have young, he's ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ne- the next one has been my summer blockbuster and, and a shout out to the principal of my school. My, I guess, principal to my assistant principal, uh, Ryan. Good job with this one. It's called <laughs> 60 songs that explain the nineties. So, <laughs> 90s kids out there if you were if you are in the 90s you're i'm telling you chris you started listening to this right yes i did the the songs and the music that is being shared on this podcast just brings you back and he and the guy who does this i'll explain this one in a second 60 songs that explain the 90s really digs into the 90s music and he has some legit facts they're like oh my goodness i didn't know that and you wouldn't know that because you're not listening to a podcast in the 90s. But now you are 30 years later. So this is another Ringer podcast. A gentleman named Rob Harvilla. Uh, he, he creates this. So I'll read the, the little catch here. The 90s were a turning point in music with the increasingly connected world enabling an unprecedented coalescence of various styles of genres. A decade featured the rapid evolution of sonic artistry and subsequently shaped the soundscape of eras that followed. So the Ringers podcast here goes through 60 songs that define the decade of the 90s. And it is fantastic. They give you the backstory. They tell you who's in it. They tell you about the song itself. Then they play the song at the end. So you can get all nostalgic. And I remember I was here when I heard this song for the first time. And it's great. And you have a whole month of August that you can catch up because he's on a break right now. But he's at like 40 songs so far. He's got 20 more to go. And this is another podcast that if you want to, you can kind of bounce through your favorite songs. But I listen to them in order because I started from the first one because some of them actually he touches on other episodes. So there you go. Two podcasts free. That's not about education. 60 songs that explain the 90s and the rewatchables. Enjoy them. Oh, my God. This is awesome. I'm sitting here singing all of these in my head. I might start. What what are some of the uh, what are some of the titles? Just share out a couple. Um, let's see. Nothing but a G thing. <laughs> no Scrubs TLC. Oh, I love really that good album. Episode. Loved that album so very much. Um, Shania Twain. Man, I feel like a woman. I feel like that's when like the country was in the country was introduced to country music in a poppy kind of way. 
Um, and it's just like one of my favorite songs right now is Jax's um, 90s Kid. And so when you said that, AJ, oh, you have to listen to it. It's no idea. It's fun. I want you to go find that song and listen. It's just like it's a it's about being a kid in the 90s. And yeah, like, okay. yeah, you would get it. Having a Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. Sick. Yes. Sick. Yes. So a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these episodes, I, I was a huge fan of a lot of them. There was a couple that like weren't great, but um, I think I, I don't want. Yeah, I didn't listen to that one. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I did. I, you know what? Hold on, let me go back. I wasn't going to listen to the Bjork episode, but I listened Bjork. to because I don't listen. I don't know any song by Bjork, but I listened to it, and I was like, okay. Did they explain spin. anything about different... her swan dress? No, but they explain a little bit about her and her music, which was actually kind of interesting and in how it led to other people who are making music in the 90s. Fun fact. the One of the ones that I'm trying to find it right now, one of the ones that I, I wasn't going to listen to and I did listen to was... Oh, where is she right now? I can't remember. Sinead O'Connor. I was going to say one. Sinead O'Connor. Enjoy that one. She is she so had cool. a There was a crazy thing with Prince that, I, that was on that episode that like had me like like this listening like no that really happened <laughs> <laughs> enjoy 60 songs that explain the 90s that's awesome but awesome. i'm just saying gangster paradise that, oh so good that's what i need a new podcast thanks aj chris is genuine i'm like they're quick listens i promise the rewatchable no, is not a quick listen but these are quick listens it's 58 minutes 55 it goes, minutes it goes very quickly all right i'll listen yeah, to it normal. fast and then play the song at the end normal i that sometimes i didn't do it i didn't usually Play the song at the end, unless I really wanted to hear it. Uh, <laughs> the song I can give nice. up time. I did not listen to Bjork or Sinead O'Connor. I'll tell you that much. I wonder if Spotify has a playlist based on this podcast. Oh, no, so. you can add you can add the songs to a playlist if you really want. I know, to. but I'm just saying, like it should already exist. Spotify, if you're listening. Yeah, that's who's listening right now. We can't even get new <laughs> teachers to listen. You think Spotify's listening? <laughs> hey, new teachers are so new they don't know about us yet. It's okay. Right. Right. Yet. Got to have that growth mindset mentality. Yet. AJ. That's me. Me and my growth mindset. <laughs> Put a bow on its right. face. We're over an hour here. All right. We are over an hour here and I do have to go get my kid um, where I will be listening to AJ's new recommendations. But guys, thank you so much for joining us for our new season. I don't know. Do we do seasons? Anyway, thanks for joining us after our little bit of a hiatus. Happy New Year to those of you who are back. Um, on that note, Chris, it is time to say good night, Christopher. Good night, Christopher. AJ, good night, AJ. Good night, AJ. All right. Good night, podcast BD. Welcome, new teachers, and happy new year to everyone. See you August 29th. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at podcastpd on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag podcastpd. To connect with Stacy, AJ, and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie, at Stacy Lindis, and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. 
Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoy Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.